All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well? We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities, strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to season three of the Biohacker Babes and episode 51. I'm Renee and I'm here with my sister, Lauren, of course. Hey everyone. So we know 2020 has been quite a year. So we thought, why not kick off season three with a little bit of like a recap, what's going on in the biohacking world. And also we wanted to cover some tips for surviving quarantine 15, because we were actually reviewing the past seasons of the biohacker babes. And we saw episode 19 called troubleshooting weight loss was one of our most popular episodes. So we hear you guys, we, uh, we're very aware of what you want to listen to. So we want to talk a little bit more about troubleshooting weight loss during quarantine. So we'll definitely give some tips on that. I just want to jump in. I know this has been kind of a hot button topic. There have been a lot of memes floating around the internet about quarantine 15 and sort of the jokes about obesity and gaining weight while we're sitting around in isolation, which is not really that true anymore because things are opening up again. Hopefully we're getting outside a little bit more and it's summer. Um, but we just want to be sensitive to that issue because I know it can come across as a little bit of aggressive. And if we start to talk about um, eating disorders, that really is a sensitive topic. So we're only going to refer to the health issues surrounding this. We just want to bring awareness to the topic. We are not fat shaming anyone. We take it very seriously. I know the memes are funny and it's really important to have some humor during this time. But the point of us bringing it up is just to bring awareness to the health implications 
And I don't want anyone to be stressed about gaining weight. This is not a time for more stress. We have plenty of it with what's going on in the world and just all the uncertainty out there. So please don't stress about it. This is just education. We just want you to learn physiologically and biologically what is happening in your body if you happen to be sitting around a little bit more, we're all a little bit more sedentary, we're probably snacking a little bit more. And then we want to provide you some useful solutions or hacks as we like to turn them um, to get through that and make some positive changes. That is my two cents about that. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely dive deeper into that. So before we go into the quarantine 15, I wanted to share with everyone that I recently tested positive for COVID-19. So that was a lot of fun. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, I I uh, I got through it though. So I just wanted to share because I think there's so much fear around this virus. If you're just watching the news all day, it's very doom and gloom still, you know, talking about, uh, you know, people in the hospitals, the hospitals being overwhelmed, uh, people dying from this virus. Yes, that is happening. But remember that it's such a small percentage. A lot of us are still getting COVID-19 and getting through it. For me, it was almost like a combination of a cold and the flu, if that can you know bring some awareness around that. So some of my symptoms I wanted to share, uh, fatigue, body aches, headache, uh, dry cough, which is a pretty classic symptom of COVID. And then the really weird one was the loss of taste and smell. Lauren, you actually helped me discover this one because I realized I wasn't hungry. Like I was very easily fasting every day, but like my stomach was actually growling. Like I could physically feel the hunger and I could hear the hunger, (laughs) but like I, there was just, there was just nothing that made me want to eat. Like I would look at eggs or a banana and I'd be like, Oh, I just don't want to eat any of that. Um, and then it, you're the one that pointed out, you're like, well, can you smell or taste anything? I'm like, you're right. That's, that's what it is. And, uh, Lauren even recommended that I go clean the litter box and see if I could smell anything. And I couldn't. So that was the big, <laughs> I don't know if I even told you to side. clean it. I just told you to stick your nose in it because or I, that, yeah. So that useful just, um, smelling, you know, their, their dog poop. I feel like you will know instantly because there's no worse smell in the world. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like maybe my husband paid you to say that because I was immediately put on litter box duty for two weeks. So thank you. (laughs) You can't smell it. You can take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. Um, but for me, my symptoms were about 10 days, I would say, oh, and then a little bit of a fever. I mean, for me, 99.5, that's, that was my version of a fever. Um, your normal body temperature. Uh, around like 97.8. So. And when did you notice an increase? I know. So we both have the aura ring and it's doing a a study right now to try to predict onset or symptoms. When did you notice the increase in body temperature? So the first sign that I got on aura was I, after sleeping pretty well through the night, like I slept 10 hours and I woke up and my aura readiness score was 68. And that was like immediately a red flag. I was like, that doesn't match up at all. Because for me, if I sleep well, my readiness is good always. So mm. that was a little weird. And then I didn't feel great that day. And then that night I got chills. So I took my temperature and that was when I had the fever. But aura definitely picked up on a little bit of a higher temperature, higher respiratory rate. Sleep was just crazy, like 12 to 13 hours a night easily. So that was uh, definitely my body trying to fight off the virus. So I fortunately could sleep. And then I took a ton of supplements. So I'll just kind of run through the top ones that I was taking multiple times throughout the day. So vitamins, uh, the fat soluble vitamins, A, D, and K, but then also very high dose vitamin C was really helpful. I was combining liposomal vitamin C and like a powdered ascorbic acid. So I did both of those. Zinc we know is really helpful too. And then elderberry, colloidal silver, mushrooms, uh, curcumin, glutathione, CoQ10, and PQQ, and then natokinase. That was kind of an added one I did at the end because there's some really good research coming out about that helping with the lung issue with COVID-19. Um, and then also towards the end, I, I, from the recommendation of our dad, got a nebulizer. Uh, I was kind of hesitant to buy it. It was $50, not a big deal, but I was like, am I really going to use this thing? And I think it's a really good preventative thing for people to have in the house. Like, especially if you have seasonal allergies or asthma or breathing issues, like why not? It's just a good way to clean out your nasal passages and your lungs 
So I was putting colloidal silver into that. And then the infrared sauna, like what crazy timing that I got an infrared sauna two weeks before I got sick. So I was in there every day. done without that? (sighs) Yeah, I feel like the the question is, can you imagine not having that or not having done the things that you had done? And what do you think you would have experienced that was different? I guess it's hard to say in retrospect because you did everything you could in the moment. Right, right. Yeah, would I have been worse without all that? I I would think so, but... um, but who knows? Um, but the sauna, I think the really big helpful thing there was just being able to sweat like a lot every day. I think that helped keep my fever down. I don't know if there's any research showing that that actually helps with the fever, but it was like the sauna was inducing this fake fever in my body and forcing the sweat out. That I think that helped with my body temperature control. And you didn't have a lot of lung distress or respiratory distress. I right? didn't. So I'm have... wondering if because you jumped on the sauna immediately, if that helped with that aspect of it. Because we know that's what a lot of people are really struggling with. I mean, the loss of taste and smell is pretty common. I think that's how you knew that it wasn't just a, a regular flu. But luckily, you didn't have the lung stuff. So, hoping that the infrared sauna was yeah. the linking factor for that. Yeah. And I know Rhonda Patrick did a good video on COVID-19 with infrared saunas. So yeah, there's some good research there. Maybe that helped me too. Yeah. I was really fortunate. I didn't have that like breathlessness and severe coughing, which, and then we also know that there's maybe some genetic factors there. I know Lauren, you ran the genetic report with Rhonda Patrick for viral load weeks ago. And did you Mm -hmm. learn anything specific about yourself? I did. And before I go into that, I just want to say in our health community and in the biohacking community specifically, I think from the beginning of this epidemic, there has been this overwhelming belief that if you are healthy, that you won't get it. Or if you get it, it will be very mild. I think that's sort of unfair to project that because we just don't know enough about this virus. But I think what the takeaway is that we really need to focus on our immune system and all we have control over because we don't have a lot of control of what's happening in this world. And viruses are just a natural part of living on this planet. We can't really avoid them. So our responsibility to ourselves is to just take care of our immune system. So I think that's what the biohackers and everyone in our community was really trying to emphasize that we have to take this responsibility. So I'm just going to say that as a disclaimer. That being said, there's so much that we don't know about this virus. So now they're starting to do more research on the genetic components because we know obviously two people that are, let's say like identical twins could have completely different expressions of this virus. And I know a lot of people that have gotten sick with COVID and I can't think of one identical experience. Every single person has had a completely different experience from symptoms to severity, to duration, to just like overall feelings of feeling really crappy. And so I think we just need to keep being open and patient that more research is going to be done. We don't have all the answers right now. So I don't think anyone can one say definitively, if I'm healthy, I'm not going to get it, but because that's also going to take your power away. Like you have the power to do everything in your control to take care of yourself. But so this is what's happening in the research world. Go ahead, Renee. Yeah. I was going to say, one of our friends posted on Facebook, if you are healthy, you will not have any symptoms if you catch COVID-19. It's just not true. It's just not true. She was just so definitive in that. I'm like, "Mm." hmm. And I also, I'm, I'm sorry that you got it. I'm sorry that you felt lousy for 10 days, but I, it's nice to have that information and that data and the experience of going through that. And that is a big thing in the health community. A lot of people that are in this field have experienced um, different illnesses, different battles with viruses or autoimmune stuff. Like we have the experience and then we can learn from it and share that with other people. So I think that is really valuable. Thank you. Yeah. At first it was kind of weird. I was like, do I tell people, you know, some people are like really freaked out by it, but now I'm to the point where I'm like, I'm totally better. I want to just speak out and share my experience. So people maybe feel less fear about the whole topic. I had never heard about a nebulizer being helpful. That's definitely not something that's in the news or that I've read. I mean, we've read so much about it and everyone's sharing information, but that was new to me. And I think if you didn't get it, maybe we wouldn't have learned about that. And Hopefully that will help somebody. 
Yeah. It's funny. Dad told me about it and I ordered it. The next day, Dr. Mercola had an article about using a nebulizer with hydrogen peroxide or colloidal silver. Of like course. It's funny how the universe works. Yeah. The next day. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But so um, back to the Rhonda Patrick research and the genetic stuff, she's such a pioneer in just really looking at genetic SNPs. So those are like the polymorphisms that we have in our uh, DNA. And they're finding some SNPs are showing the predisposition to the expression of this gene. And so Renee and I both uh, ran a report and we do have some SNPs that are the same. We have some crossovers and then we have some that are completely different. So I think if you are concerned about getting this, having more information and education can always be a little bit scary, but again, it's taking responsibility. And I think the more knowledge that you have, the more power you have, So I think take it with a grain of salt. Don't get stressed by it. I found it to be really useful. I would rather know so that I can take the precautions and take the steps to protect myself. So if you're interested interested in that, Rhonda Patrick, her site is Found My Fitness. You can pay for a single genetic report or you can become a member and get these reports as they come out as you're doing more research. The money goes to a great cause. She's an incredible researcher. So it's all just donation-based to support this cause so we can get more research because we we need that because we just don't have enough information right now. Renee, do you want to read yours that were different than mine? I know we both had yeah. some had- interleukin pro-inflammatory cytokine SNPs. So that's looking at the expression of the viral load. And we both are predisposed to having a higher viral load and also to viral shedding, which makes us... I don't know if I fully understand viral shedding, but I think it just means that you are, become more contagious. Like the virus isn't replicating enough that it is like in circulation. Yeah, I also had an increased risk of developing acute respiratory distress syndrome, which we know is a big issue for this. Fortunately, I don't feel like that was a big concern and maybe because of all the stuff I was doing. And then just overall, I had an increased risk of severe COVID-19. Interesting. Yeah. So- uh, again, we, we don't know for sure, but we're hoping that because you are really healthy and take care of yourself, that maybe it wasn't as bad as it could have been. So, right. Right. And, and we certainly are seeing some of the biggest risk factors, you know, we're hearing about age, but also just the comorbidities. You know, I don't, I don't have obesity or heart disease, high blood pressure. You know, I don't have any of those. So I think if I had this increased risk and I had something like that, you know, there'd be more concern and Mm-hmm. I'm actually really happy I got it when I did. I felt like I was I was really healthy in the moment. I I am young. I'm able to get outside in the sun right now because I think unfortunately with this pandemic we're probably going to see a second wave and maybe a third wave. And some people are guessing that maybe 80 to 90% of Americans are going to get exposed to it at some point, right? We're not going to hide in our houses forever. Uh, at least I won't be doing that. So I'm glad that I was exposed at a somewhat good time where I could take the time off to rest, recover, get through it and come out stronger. Yeah. It would have been harder if you were working full time and having to travel to and from work. So yeah. Or in the middle of winter. Yeah. When it's cold, there's not as much sun, you know, less vitamin D exposure. Yeah. I think unfortunately we might see a hit there because right. That's the other correlation we're seeing. Some of the really severe cases are those people that are deficient in vitamin D. So another reason to keep your vitamin D up, get outside, get outside. And if you haven't heard me talk about the app D minder, it's a way to measure your vitamin D exposure from the sun. So you probably want to supplement because most of us are deficient in it, but the most powerful way to get vitamin D is just to get outside in the sun. And this app will measure depending on the UV index, your longitude, latitude, like where you are on the planet. And then um, obviously the temperature and the amount of time of exposure. Oh, and skin exposure. So like, are you wearing a bikini? Do you have a t-shirt and shorts on? Or do you have a t-shirt and pants on? That all goes into it. So I think it's really motivating because I like numbers. So I like turning on the app and I'm like, always trying to like get to the green. So the green is like a good level. So um, that's that's like any sort of tracker I find it really motivating. So if that is something that is motivating to you, I highly uh, recommend it. It's called D-Minder. We'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. And then I just, I don't want to go too far into this because I know it's super controversial, but 
mask wearing. Obviously, we need to do it. It is respectful. I think there's still a lot of research that is inconclusive about how much it is protecting us. I just want to say, if you are not washing your mask every day, please start. Just hand wash it in the sink. And then the best way to clean it is to put it under UV light. And the best way to get UV light is the sun. So just put it outside in the sunshine, let it dry. That's all I'm going to say about that. I just want to add one thing. We just had a doctor on our podcast and he compared wearing masks every day to wearing the same pair of underwear every day. Yeah. So if that doesn't gross you out, please go wash your mask. (laughs) That episode is coming up in a few weeks. So stay tuned. That was a really good one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So some free biohacks for people just during this time. We just want to remind you of these things because right. There is a lot we can control. We don't want you to go out there and spend thousands of dollars on all these crazy biohacks. There are plenty of free things you can do to support your gut microbiome, your immune system, um, stay healthy during this time. So remember, like Lauren said, get out in the sunshine. And then if you can combine that with your grounding or earthing practice, so just somehow getting in nature, getting your feet in the grass, the sand, the dirt, the water, whatever you have access to, and hopefully you can get sunshine at the same time. And then during that, you should be breathing fresh air. So speaking of masks, like if you're out in nature by yourself or with one other person, I don't think you need to wear a mask. Like there's so many positive benefits of getting that fresh air in. Take advantage of that while you can, because obviously when you're in a more crowded uh, or even metropolitan area, you maybe need to be wearing a mask. So take advantage of the fresh air when you can. Or if and in then, your, your car driving, maybe take oh, your mask. <laughs> yes. I heard someone got in a car accident because they passed out from hypoxia and crashed. Oh, wow. So for any that's hypoxia, extreme, but I believe that it's possible. Yeah. So hypoxia for anyone that's uh, not sure it's low, it's basically low oxygen. So that is a concern with the mask. Um, we're not fully able to exhale and then we're, um, re-inhaling more carbon dioxide. So that can cause low oxygen in the blood. And for some people they can pass out from that. So don't drive and wear a mask. And maybe if you're biking <laughs> by yourself, don't do it either. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't drive while drunk and don't drive while wearing a mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the new thing. And then uh, also avoiding sugar and alcohol. You know, we'll talk about some other dietary things, but just anything that's going to dampen your immune system, we don't want to be doing right now. And we know sugar and alcohol, like boom, those are the biggest hits. Um, we see uh, a reduction in white blood cell count for hours after alcohol and sugar consumption. So you're basically just shutting off your immune system after you do that. So Um, Just keep that in mind. Really great. We have a brief interruption in today's episode to share with you a new product we've been using. Glutathione mitotherapy from Alms Bio has been called the super supplement for anti-aging with three key ingredients. Glutathione, the mother of all antioxidants, CoQ10, which boosts the energy output of your mitochondria, and PQQ, a vital nutrient supporting the creation of new mitochondria. The wide array of health benefits include detox support, more energy and stamina, enhanced cognitive function, less aches and pains, increased libido and fertility, youthful skin, better mood, and so many other incredible anti-aging benefits. Cellular health is really the foundation for vibrant health, and these three powerful nutrients all work together to support this essential function. Alms Bio has done an incredible job to ensure enhanced absorption into the body with this liposomal formula. Plus, it's easy to consume and it tastes delicious. We absolutely love this product. So if you want to head over to almsbio.com, it's A-L-M-S-B-I-O.com and check it out. You can also take advantage of the special offer they have given to our incredible listeners. So through the end of July, you can get 15% off with code EMPOWER15, EMPOWER15. And then starting August 1st, you can use code Healthy Living 10 for 10% off. And that was Healthy Living 10. And we will put all of these links and codes in the show notes. So in case you're driving, you can check them out later and take advantage of this awesome deal. We hope you love the product as much as we do. Okay. So the link here, we're talking about immune health and supporting your immune health. And then I think there is a correlation to the quarantine 15 that our lives have become two major things, more sedentary and more stressful. I don't know who that does not apply to. Very few people, unless you're an essential worker, though you're not sedentary, but you're probably more stressed than ever. Yeah. 
parents that are at home that are working and parenting at the same time. That is so stressful. Uh, there's anxiety over empty grocery store shelves, like possible food shortages. A lot of people are having sleepless nights, nightmares about the virus, about catching the virus, just being stuck in the same house or apartment without any set schedule. And I think just maybe being in the same room or the same couple of rooms all the time, I think is can really sort of like mentally shut your body down, right? There's just not freedom. There's no like a lack of liberation. So it is very clear that there is a lot of stress in our lives. So what do we do with that? So some of the implications that we're seeing from being more sedentary and stressful is that a lot of us are either eating because we're bored or eating because we are stressed. And I would put that in the category of emotional eating. And so we're going to go through some ways to sort of identify that, own that, and then hack it, right? I'll give you some tips to work through that. So I would say the number one, oh, and I just have a stat here. There was a recent poll that showed that Americans have experienced an average weight gain of about eight pounds within the last few months due to added stress. Hmm. And to add to that, I heard like at the end of April that antidepressant sales were up almost 400%. And we know there's not a ton of research on this, but we know that women are more predisposed to depression. And so we think they're more predisposed to emotional eating and then obviously the added weight gain. So I just think there's huge health implications there. So let's look at it. Like, let's not be afraid to look at it. Yeah. So I would say the number one thing is decide when you are going to eat each day. Make a plan for yourself, just like you would make a plan to get work done or do a workout or call a friend. And that's really going to go hand in hand with your circadian rhythm, like trying to optimize your dawn to dusk cycle. So we can talk more about the sleep aspect, but just trying to be on a schedule. Your body likes to be on a schedule. And we talked about that in a very early on episode about optimizing your circadian rhythm. We're both very passionate about that. We'll always keep coming out with more information. Maybe this is a good time to try some time-restricted eating. I know most of you have heard about intermittent fasting. We've talked a little bit about time-restricted feeding. It's just closing your feeding window. So you're not restricting calories. You're just restricting the window in which you are fed. So you're getting the same amount of nutrients. That's the goal because we don't want to lose nutrients by starving ourselves or fasting. But you're giving your time, your body more time to recover. So like Renee, she lost her appetite when she was sick. She was sleeping more. It was really important for her body to have recovery time away from eating so that her body could work through all of those biological processes that would help her get better. Yeah, which, and this was really interesting. So when COVID-19 first uh, started in the US, I was talking to some fellow Keon coaches and we were in this big debate. If you do get sick, should you fast or not? You know, Mm -hmm. and uh, Peter Atia and Rhonda Patrick, all these people were trying to find out, should you be fasting or not? And so when when it came to me, I just had to tune in and listen to my body and my body wanted to fast. Like I could feel that. And you're right. So anytime you're eating, you do need to expend energy to break that food down. So it naturally makes sense that fasting would be easier on your system. But if you're sick and you're hungry, like I wouldn't force yourself to stay out of the kitchen. I think you just have to listen to your body and see what you need. And fasting was what I needed. I mean, I still would eat. I would probably eat from like 12 o'clock to five. So I was maybe doing like a five hour eating window. So not full 24 hour fast, but intermittent fasting. I would just advise that you're still getting in some electrolytes and proper hydration. Maybe take some aminos. We both like essential amino acids. Those can be really helpful. In recovery. Oh, those are great. Yeah. Yeah. Super helpful. But also just like to get back on the eating schedule, maybe you'd try the time-restricted feeding because it gives you a very clear schedule. Like when you decide I'm going to eat from this time to this time, there's no question. I think taking the question out of it, just taking any opportunity for indecisiveness is really helpful. So regular meal times, uh, we always encourage to prevent snacking. We don't need to snack. Our body's supposed to have time in between meals. So just don't snack. I don't know what you need to do to stop snacking. Keep the snack foods out of your kitchen. Test your blood sugar to prove to yourself that you're not getting low blood sugar. Maybe you are getting blood sugar, but that's another thing. You really should know if that's an issue for you. And then I would say the only contraindication here is if you have some kind of hormonal cortisol or thyroid imbalance, but this is an opportunity to do some testing and we can help you with that. If you want to do something like a Dutch hormone test, 
uh, test your thyroid, lots of helpful tests that we could send you resources for. If you think that your body is under too much stress, if your body's under too much stress, you really shouldn't be fasting. So contact us if you need more information about that. Yeah, those are great tips, Lauren. Thank you. And I think to add on to that, you know, when you are going into the kitchen to grab something to eat, like we always recommend quarantine or not, take a second and really ask yourself, are you actually hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you bored? Are you stressed? Like there's so many other factors that can be signaling to our brain in a way that we think it's hunger. But so some of our basic tips are sit down, close your eyes and do some deep breathing for one minute. After that minute, are you still hungry? Same thing with drinking a glass of water. I love this trick, like eight to 12 ounces of water, drink that down. Okay, maybe you were just thirsty. Yes, no. Or even just going for a walk. I think sometimes with with, uh, boredom eating, if you can just go out, do a 20 minute walk, come back, ask yourself that question again. So just different things to consider. And then, you know, we say, don't keep crap in the house, especially now when we're locked in the house. If you don't have that ice cream in your house and you want ice cream, are you really going to drive out in the middle of quarantine to buy it? Probably not. So this is a really good time to just exercise that, you know, not keeping the crap at home. Yeah. Daily Harvest came out with their new ice cream creations. And so I, they sent me a box of them, which I never Uh-oh. buy ice cream. I don't really have a sweet tooth, but they're in my freezer right now. And so I like, I'm eating it. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait till it's fun. <laughs> I have it around. I'm the same way. I would never think to eat ice cream after dinner, but I'm like, oh, I have these daily harvest vegetable ice creams. Like, sure. Right. I'll have a couple so if things. you do want a healthier alternative, this is a great option for you. <laughs> Check out daily yeah. harvest. Yeah, yeah, they're delicious. So I love that you brought up the water aspect. I think that's really huge. Sometimes I forget that because most of my clients are really good about drinking water, but I recently Mm. started working with a new client and she was like, I'm just hungry all the time. I'm hungry all day long. I was like, well, how much water are you drinking? Two glasses a day. I was like, wow, that's a thing. Some people really don't like water. Yeah. So we like gradually increased her water intake and now she's up to six glasses a day. Hunger, not an issue. Amazing. What a simple fix. Yeah. Just drink it is water. hard to get people to drink water if they don't like it, but we, we kind of worked around that. I had some, some tricks for her to start incorporating more of it, even though she doesn't really like it. <laughs> yeah. What were some of your tricks? Can you share? Cause I think there's a lot of people that don't like water. So sparkling water, I think is an option putting some citrus in it, like adding some kind of flavor, like a lemon or a lime, but also just, I think understanding that you could be thirsty and not hungry and just being open to trying it. And then it was also like out of sight, out of mind is a big thing. So just keeping mm-hmm. it everywhere. And then for her, it was important that we shared that with everyone in her family, everyone that was around her. So everyone came in contact with her, could encourage her, or at least be like, did you drink the water? So having that accountability, because mm-hmm. it's not enough for me to be accountable for her. I, I talked to her one or two times a week. Who was she around all day long? they can help hold her accountable. That was really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Actually on my client intake form, I always ask who that lives with you or which family and friends are going to be supportive of your new health journey and who's not going to be supportive. Yeah. You need that team. You need the team. Yeah. Great. That kind of leads us into our next thing, like understanding the, the stress connection. And I think having someone that is not supportive can be really stressful to you and can sort of thwart your health journey. So just make sure you're keeping people around that will support you and that are positive. Because if you are really stressed about the support that you have or don't have, or just stressed about whatever is happening in the world, that we know that that increases our cortisol and increased cortisol over time leads to fat storage because our body's trying to protect, it's trying to survive. And uh, fat storage is a protective mechanism that keeps us safe. So if you want to know more about that, um, check out our episode, is it 19? We talked about that. Yep. We go into more detail there. So we also hope that everyone can be focusing a little bit more on sleep right now. Again, like Lauren said, I know if you have kids at home that are not usually there because of homeschooling and all that, um, it might be a little bit harder, but do your best to prioritize sleep. Um, Also optimizing your circadian rhythm. I think it's been tempting for people to stay up a little bit later you know, wake up a little bit later, but 
the goal is to try and go to bed and wake up at the same time every day. So just get into some kind of routine. Our bodies love routine. I mean, even down to every organ, every organ has its own 24 hour clock and it really expects that routine. So you want to respect that circadian rhythm. Um, a couple of our basic sleep tips, you know, always avoiding the blue light at night. So watch out for the TV screens, the computer screens, all that good stuff. Um, turn down the lights, maybe put on some blue light blocking glasses, but just remember that that's really disrupting the melatonin release. So when we have that blue light signaling into our eyes, it tells our brain don't release melatonin. So if you have ever experienced that you're watching TV till one or 2 a.m. at 2 a.m. and you're like, no, I'm just not tired. I can just keep watching TV. Consider that it might be the blue light artificially stimulating your brain to stay awake. So that melatonin release is super important to um, honor and respect as well. And then my favorite excuse is I'm not tired because I'm watching TV or I'm not tired. So I'm going to go watch TV. I'm like, oh no, just that is the biggest face palm moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, go read a book and then tell me if you're tired. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You'll meet Pick up your most boring subject of a book. Yes. You can sleep then. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then also just in general, the number of hours of sleep, right? We want a good good number of hours, but also high quality sleep because the sleep deprivation, it's going to cause potentially uh, insulin resistance, raises cortisol, like Lauren mentioned, the issues with that. And then it actually reduces our glucose tolerance. So you will the next day be more sensitive to carbs and sugars. So- And cravings. Yeah. Yeah. So the day after your body's pretty smart because of that glucose um, intolerance, you're going to crave more of those carbs and sugars because it's trying to get somewhat of a balance, but it's really hard to fight that sleep deprivation. So prioritize sleep. Um, And if you want to learn more about just like sleep circadian rhythm, definitely go back, check out episode five. We give some really great tips in that episode. If you want to go deeper into that. Yeah. I just think you brought up such a great point. I just want to emphasize this and maybe repeat it a hundred times. If you are <laughs> craving stuff during the day, and if you just are feeling unbelievably hungry and feel like you can't stay out of the kitchen, look at your sleep. I think that's the number one thing. Just fix your sleep. Foundational. Get rid of the blue light, go to bed early, keep a solid sleep schedule. And it probably will mostly magically fix itself. I would say there's some yeah. other things, but start there. Sleep is definitely magical. I, I, it still blows my mind, the study where they found uh, just three nights of poor sleep. The people in the study, almost everyone, their blood sugar numbers would make them uh, pre-diabetic. Oh, I've experienced that. I've had terrible nights of sleep. And then, so I know that's because of my CGM, my continuous glucose monitor. My blood sugar will be elevated all day long without eating a single carb or a bit of sugar. Wow. No matter what I do, if I've had poor sleep the night before, it's like my entire day, well, in my mind, is, is ruined. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I can't wait to get my CGM to see what, what goes on there. It's um, fascinating. I think everyone should experience that or experiment with it at least once in their life for like a, a few weeks. Yes. And we're going to have a really great guest at the end of the summer, come on and talk about that. So definitely tune into that episode. Yeah. I think everyone needs a CGM and hopefully that's where we're going, right? Maybe by 2022. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another big thing to look at with this emotional eating or just eating because you're bored, snacking a lot or with these disrupted sleep cycles or disrupted circadian rhythm is that we're experiencing a lot of inflammation. And we know that inflammation fuels obesity. So we could be more and more inflamed just by being stressed about what is happening in the world than ever before. And then you're just adding fuel to the fire by snacking, eating processed foods, drinking more because maybe you don't have to wake up and be at work right now. Maybe you have a little bit more leeway to kind of like be flexible and play around, but no, it's feeding into this inflammatory cycle and inflammation really is like <laughs> the death of everything. So and especially with COVID, right? Yeah. I think that's the big link why they're saying people with obesity are having a harder time with COVID-19. It's the inflammation. Mm-hmm. Their body just cannot keep the inflammation down. Yeah. So if you're worried about the virus, look at your inflammatory state. So there's some simple things that we can do, and then we can go a little more in depth with genetic factors, but like you could start with just an anti-inflammatory diet. And so that's easily just removing processed foods, not cooking with rancid oils, like vegetable oils, canola oil, safflower oil. I would go for more stable oils. 
um, stress management, everything from meditation to red light therapy, sauna, breath work, all the things that we talk about on the show all the time. A cold shower can bring down your inflammation, but then getting to know yourself. This is the personalized component that we talk about with biohacking a lot, like getting to know what foods are stressful to your body. So if your body perceives stress from a certain food, which can be different from what someone else is eating, or let's just say it for an example, like a banana can be really stressful to me, but not stressful to Renee. So that's going to create inflammation in my body. And that's just a silly example, but it's not going to show up as inflammatory in her body. So you really have to get to know your unique genetic makeup. And you could do that for free with a food diary, just writing things down and and sort of tracking feelings, trends, any physiological symptoms. If you want to get into some lab testing, lots of options here. So the day two test, which is a gut microbiome and blood sugar test. Biome, which is our favorite microbiome test. You can get a keto mojo and test your blood glucose and, and ketones at home or the CGM, which is a little difficult to get, but it's becoming a little more accessible, a continuous glucose monitor. So you can see how different foods or even just uh, emotional factors are affecting your blood sugar. And if the blood sugar is staying high chronically, that is going to cause inflammation. And back to the beginning of this conversation, high inflammation leads to obesity and puts you at risk for viruses like COVID-19. Oh, that was a lot. Yeah, but so important, (laughs) so important. And just to reiterate, like the number one thing I I want everyone listening to make sure they're doing is not eating those rancid oils Lauren mentioned. That is the number one thing you should make sure is not in your diet. Yeah, I'm finding there's still a lot of people that don't know about that. So many people are cooking with olive oil don't cook with olive oil. All the nutrients that we want out of olive oil, like the benefits from it come from the pure unheated oil. So if you really like olive oil and it, it's great, it's, it's very helpful, but like add it to your food after you're done cooking or add it to a salad, please avoid canola oil, safflower oil. What else would you put in that category? Yeah. Safflower, sunflower, Canola is the big one just because it's in everything. And just something to keep in mind, those oils, they actually affect your cell membranes for about 90 days. So takes a longer. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on yeah ghee, butter, coconut oil, avocado oil. Great. I mean, there's just great options to cook with. So I know maybe they cost a little bit more, but you get what you pay for. So yeah. And we can provide some resources on, on learning about those oils a little bit more. So just to wrap this up, we know that there's a lot of emotional eating. I don't want anyone to feel shamed by this. I don't want it to cause more stress. Again, we're just trying to bring awareness to it. And like, there's plenty of memes out there, very funny. But there's also a lot of people that are getting so worked up about those memes and saying like, you shouldn't worry about the weight gain. You should just like live your life and, and enjoy yourself in this time. But just recognize what quote unquote, enjoying yourself means. If that means that you're eating more sugar, uh, indulging, drinking more, your body's not enjoying that. You may mentally be enjoying that because you're getting a short-term release in like our happy neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine. But over time, you're going to find an altered imbalance in those hormones. And it's just going to, it's going to drop you back down. Like that's why we're more prone to depression and anxiety and, and we're getting that weight gain and that fat storage. So just take a look at that. For yourself and see what that means to you, like enjoying this time. Because I think we can have a healthy and positive relationship with our bodies and enjoy this time while helping our immunity and helping our metabolism. Right. I think part of being happy and healthy is, yeah, just loving your body and giving your body the nutrients it needs. Um, I mean, I want to just feel good through this whole time. I don't want to feel like crap. So yeah. Yeah. Not um, saying that cookies and eat ice cream, but always just like take a pause. Are you eating because you're bored or you're stressed? Just take that moment and just ask yourself the question. And then if you decide to eat it, please don't shame yourself. Don't feel guilty about it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Exactly. And if it is stress, maybe take a second to do some of our favorite tips like meditation, breath work. I know we've talked about like some of our favorite apps. Uh, Brain FM is a really great app, easy to download. Uh, the Muse headphones, that's kind of like a step up for meditation. Uh, and then the top level, I would say, would be the brain tap, which I love. So I think incorporating a meditation practice right now is great. 
just, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day or even simple box breathing. Anyone can do that, right? Inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, kind of something basic like that. So anything that we can do just to calm down the nervous system and make everyone happier. Yeah. And we'll link to all those. Any time in your day, you can do it while you're brushing your teeth. You can do it while you're cooking. You can do it while you're taking a walk. When you're sitting on the couch, like it doesn't have to take extra time out of your day. I know a lot of people think the meditation, it's just like, oh, there's no time for that. But like you can breathe at any time. We should all be breathing. That was a good breath, Renee. That was a really good breath. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard not to take a deep breath when you hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the other piece of this that we started out talking about is just being sedentary. We're all sitting a lot more because we, we have to stay at home. We have been staying at home. I know we're getting out more, but for the most part, we're getting way less steps. So use an activity tracker. Most of our phones naturally will track your steps. You can get something like an aura ring or there's different apps like Pacer or a new one I've been using is Strava, which is sort of like a social media version of a, an activity app where you can connect with friends and it will log your activity and then you can post it with a photo and then your friends can see what you're doing. You can congratulate each other. It's kind of a fun, like motivating thing. Cool. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. I'll add you as a friend. It's cool. Oh, you want to be my friend? Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. And then I think to add to that, one of my favorite things to do personally, and I always recommend this to clients is if you are sitting a lot, set your timer for every 30 minutes. And when it goes off just for one minute, go do, I like doing just like jumping jacks, maybe body squats, body weight squats, or uh, I run up and down my stairs for one minute. Cause I'm like, you know, one minute every 30 minutes, that's an easy thing to do. And you're spiking or, you know, kind of increasing energy, getting blood flow going, burning some calories. Yeah. That feels so good after sitting. I know I can get really sucked into my computer. If I have a deadline, I'll be sitting. And sometimes my brain just starts to shut down and my body gets sore. But if I get up and move around for five minutes, my brain is like opened up. I feel clear and focused and more energy. And then my body doesn't hurt. Yeah. So good. (laughs) Easy hack. So I wanted to add a fun biohack here. Uh, We actually, I think, learned this from Ben Greenfield originally. If you are struggling with weight right now, something easy you can do in the morning is drink a cup of black coffee or green tea, whatever you like. So you get a little bit of caffeine, a little bit of thermogenesis going on in the body. And then you go for a 20 to 30 minute fasted walk. So that's really uh, helpful for uh, glucose control. And then when you get home, you take a three minute cold shower. Lauren's favorite. But that combination of those three, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's all practically free. Anyone can do that. And you can do that every every morning. I've actually been trying to do that every morning. And I love, he has some name for it. It's like strike, shiver, stroll, shiver, stroll, shiver. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I love it because I can do it in less than 30 minutes. I wake yeah. up, I have my coffee. I'm still fasted. I get moving. I know he says up to 45 minutes, but sometimes just 10 minutes is really great for me. And then I jump in my cold shower and then my brain is like, let's do this. Ready for the day. Awesome. And he says it's really good for specifically belly fat. Yes. So, hey, we'll take it. There you go. Quarantine 15. (laughs) Yeah. And if you feel like you maybe need a little bit uh, more support during all this craziness, um, we are still running our seven-day challenges once a month. Um, it's been really fun. We've been doing the live workouts, Lauren, your workouts are amazing. Um, it's been great to have that community, just other people to hold you accountable every day. And it's just seven days out of the month where we're really just cleaning up our diet, focusing on healthier habits. So you can check out the biohackerbabes.com to stay tuned on when our next challenge will be, depending on when you're listening to this episode. Um, but we would love to have you. It's been really fun. And we've had some awesome prizes. The last one, we had the Alms Bio products, uh, which was super generous of them. Um, before we've had some great CBD oil, coffee, nootropic creamers. So definitely worth it to get the prizes. I'm, I'm loving it. Awesome prizes. But I think like the most rewarding thing is from what we've heard from our challengers or the people that have participated is that at the end of the seven days, they just feel so refreshed and renewed and they learn so much about their bodies and feel so powerful. They're like, I didn't realize that in so like such a small window of time that I could, I could make such impactful changes. So that's been really rewarding for us to hear. 
Because we think that we think that every little bit counts and that you can support your health in very little time. It doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to take over your life. So if you would love to join us, we would love, love, love to have you. It's a Mm -hmm. lot of fun. And we have a great group, a lot of people that come back every time. So we're building a little community. Yeah. Actually, one of our regular challengers, she even said she wishes it was just all month long, which I think (laughs) proves a good point. Like this is not a seven day, like kill yourself workouts, restrict your diet, crazy week. It's just no, like, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle change. Like you really could just do it all month long. So I really appreciated that she said that. She's yeah, like, let's just really do it awesome. all year <laughs> round. It never ends. <laughs> awesome. So if you want to join us, check out our website. We have lots of information on there. And just to give you a little sneak preview of some topics and experts that are coming up, we are talking about EMF and radiation protection, how you can protect yourself from all the crap that's in the environment. We're not talking about 5G. And actually we do go into the dangers of 5G or I guess maybe the lack of danger with 5G. And we just go a little more in, in depth about that. We've heard some of the, the claims that it is killing us. That sounds really aggressive. We're just going to have a conversation about EMFs. And I, I really enjoyed that conversation. So I hope you do too. We're going to talk about optimizing athletic performance and some ways to diagnose diagnose and test uh, what's happening in the body. And then some of our favorite biohacks from a doctor friend of ours. Anything I'm missing that's upcoming, Renee? Uh, We also dive into like more about indoor air pollution and how to detox your home. Some great tips for that. And then the the next one is actually going to be a little bit more about an alcohol-free lifestyle. I would say that's a good way to summarize it. So just the benefits people are seeing from going alcohol-free and and how you can try it out yourself. Great topics. I'm excited. Yeah. Lots to come. So welcome to season three. We're so excited for the rest of the summer. As always, if you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review that helps us to keep sending good information your way and keep this thing running. We really appreciate you. We're so happy that you're here. Yeah. Hope everyone's having a great summer and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. Happy biohacking.